You are listening to Just One Glass, episode 14, Coping with Hard Things Without Drinking. Welcome to Just One Glass, a podcast for high-achieving type A millennial moms who want to explore their relationship with alcohol without judgment and without labels. I'm your host, Michelle Kapler. I'm a life coach, a successful entrepreneur multiple times over, a mother, and most importantly, a fellow human. When I took control of my negative patterns with alcohol, my entire life changed for the better. And I wholeheartedly believe that you can find the same freedom in your own life. So whether you're just getting curious about your drinking, or you're ready to dive deep, I've got you. friend. Thank you for being here. I'm really glad you tuned in today. Do you have any questions about doing this work? Last week, we went over some of the most common listener questions in episode 13, and I highly recommend listening to that episode if you haven't done so yet. Or maybe you have listened to the episode, but there's still questions left unanswered in your mind. There's a good chance that someone else has the exact same question as you. So if you're up for it, send me a note over on Instagram at Michelle Kapler. I'm compiling a list of listener questions for the next Q&A episode, and I would love to answer yours, anonymously, of course, on the podcast. So now that we have that out of the way, let's talk about coping without drinking. As always, I like to begin with defining what it is we're talking about so we can all be on the same page. The definition of coping, according to dictionary.com, is the act of a person effectively dealing with something difficult. Now, I think it could be argued that drinking to deal with something difficult isn't actually an effective or sustainable way to do so, but I want to take a more practical and compassionate approach to this conversation for a moment. Because the reality is that many people use drinking to cope with difficult things that inevitably come up in life. And the past two years have shown us this in a big way. The COVID pandemic for many people in the Western world has been the most difficult thing that our generation has collectively experienced in our lifetime. A fellow coach and friend of mine recently sent me an article in the Wall Street Journal that illuminated a 15% increase in overall alcohol consumption over the past year. And that was for a general population of 1,500 adult sample. For the women, the increase was over 41% which is another podcast episode entirely all on its own, which is coming soon, I promise. And if you want to take a look at the article for yourself, I'll make sure I put it in the show notes for you. So what we can see is that the data is in. Life has been tough for many people over the last two years, and that's reflected in an increase of people using alcohol to cope. So I want to go a little deeper with this today, and I want to tell you about my own personal experience first. I want to take you back to the beginning of the pandemic, which is early 2020. Things were happening. Borders were closing. Businesses were shutting down. People were sheltering in place and working from home. No one was seeing anyone except for the people in their own household. It was like this for my family, like everyone else. And I was still a heavy drinker at the time. And like many people, in order to deal with what was going on, whether consciously or unconsciously, and in my case, I'm going to say it was maybe semi-consciously, I decided to make comfort my top priority. I directly or indirectly gave myself permission to consume or engage in whatever I needed to in the moment in order to feel comforted. Comfort, to me, was the opposite of everything else I was feeling. Fear, uncertainty, anxiety, grief, sadness, boredom, frustration, irritation. 
So I leaned into the practices and behaviors that were the most efficient, easily accessible, and potent ways I knew would bring me momentary comfort that I was seeking. And that was mostly what I wanted. And that mostly involved drinking what I wanted when I wanted, eating whatever I wanted, which was mostly sugar and highly processed comfort food, and spending a lot of time scrolling social media and watching Netflix. And there were quite a few nights where I would actually be doing all of it all at once. I mean, watching Tiger King and scrolling Facebook while also eating a cupcake and a bag of chips and sharing a bottle of wine with my husband actually happened more than once. And at first glance, it's kind of this cute, funny little joke. This was the stuff that all of the 2020 shelter-in-place memes were made of. But if we look a little bit closer, if I were to go back and ask myself what was really going on, it's that I was terrified and frustrated and sad and bored and basically crawling out of my skin with anxiety. And I wanted to do everything I could to not feel it. And there was this part of me that knew this at the time. It was that prefrontal cortex, which is our conscious mind the part of our brain that always has our highest and best interests in mind. The part of our brain that encourages us to make a different choice the following night when we wake up in the morning with a hangover, a bloated stomach, and chocolate cupcake crumbs in the bed, and a thank you for your recent purchase email in your inbox from a drunken online shopping purchase, and of course, a renewed sense of dread because we didn't actually deal with what we were feeling. We just numbed out and sought comfort in the moment. So this went on at a fairly elevated level for over six weeks. And at that point, I think we were all beginning to realize that the pandemic was going to be with us for the long haul. And I knew that something needed to shift and change because I really didn't like the results I was getting in my life because of my choices rooting in comfort seeking. So I did what I always did when I get a little spooked about the level of alcohol I was consuming. And I decided that it was time for a cleanse. It was always the same restrictive diet when I went on a cleanse where I would remove all of the, quote, bad foods, including alcohol, in an effort to purify my body and, quote, set myself on the right path. And it was always that white-knuckling kind of experience where I would grit my teeth and push through and fantasize about when I could reintroduce the wine. And the whole thing was rooted in thoughts like, there's something wrong with you. You need to get a handle on this. This is what you get for letting yourself go like that. But this time, I really wanted it to be different. This time, I decided that I wanted to do something about it from a place of loving myself instead of a place of hating myself. This time, I actually wanted to get to the root of what was going on. This time, I knew that I would need to start to develop a skill of actually feeling what was going on. And I think the other aspect to consider was that I wanted to do something that I intended to consider a permanent change in the way I was doing things. I embarked on this project not coming from a place of just get through this for a month or just say no for 30 days, then we can add everything back in. I decided that I wanted to become somebody who doesn't drink. Not necessarily forever, but for now. I just wanted to see if I could do it. I felt like I was standing on the precipice of making a permanent change so I could get on with the rest of my life in a different way. And it was that shift in thinking that allowed me to carry it further than I ever had before. The actions that I took weren't actually all that different from what I had done many times in the past. It was the way that I spoke to myself. It was my reasons for doing it. I sincerely wanted to not want to drink anymore. I wanted to cope with the stress and hardship in a healthy, honest, and sustainable way. I wanted to learn how to feel things. So I had my last drink on my 35th birthday. 
And at the time, I didn't know it was my last drink. In fact, I still don't know. I might have a drink sometime at some point. I have no idea. But I remember waking up the next day with a terrible barfy feeling in the pit of my stomach, not because I had been drinking or I had a hangover, but because I knew that in the evening that night, it was going to be just me and my brain with no buffer. I was just going to feel all of the feelings. So I did. And life provided me and my brain with many opportunities to practice and hone my new skills over the next year. There were hard things that I chose like selling my house and buying an off-grid property out in the country so our family could live a homesteading lifestyle. And there were things that I didn't choose, like a potential cancer diagnosis and surgery, like my grandfather passing away, like dealing with some pretty difficult themes, discoveries, and conversations within my marriage. And each time there was a new set of circumstances that I thought were difficult, I chose to see it as an opportunity to practice becoming this new version of myself the one who doesn't want to use alcohol to cope with her problems. And little by little, as I navigated through these scenarios and fully embraced the discomfort, I created evidence that I could go through hard things without needing to drink, that my anxiety would not swallow me whole, and that I wouldn't die or go insane if I felt my emotions. And eventually, I became a person who, when met with life's inevitable challenges, could see it as an opportunity to see what I'm made of that I have the ability to actually feel powerful and in control no matter what's happening externally. And then I can have faith that no matter what happens, I'm just going to figure it out. And that's not to say that I don't feel resentment and anger and injustice and irritation every time something happens, because I do. I'm still a human and I still have a human brain. And one of the things about having a human brain, one of the 50% beautiful and 50% horrible things about these brains of ours is that we all experience the entire spectrum of human emotion, guaranteed, no matter how much of this work that we've done. But the difference between where I was and where I am now is that now I know and believe that when I feel discomfort, it is no longer equated with thinking that something has gone horribly wrong or that I need to produce an immediate solution for the discomfort that I'm experiencing. Even though what I'm feeling might be very painful, I know that the worst thing that's actually happening in the moment is that I'm experiencing an uncomfortable feeling. And I can honestly say that my urges to drink are far and few between now, and they usually come up when something happy or joyous is happening, like a celebration or an occasion. When I'm going through something hard, it actually rarely crosses my mind that I have the option to drink to cope with what's going on. And that's a pretty big deal given where I've come from which was the version of myself that reached for a glass or a bottle of wine every time I was feeling anything uncomfortable. So that's where I'm at now. After I've been doing this work for nearly two years and have had ample opportunity to continue it even now, because there's never an arrival with this stuff. You're never going to just get there and then it's done. You're always growing and learning new things because as you peel back the layers of the onion, then new things emerge and that's the beauty of life. But if you're currently in the place that I used to be in, that past version of myself that used to drink to avoid feeling anything, if that's the version of yourself that you're with now, what I want to tell you is that it's completely possible to get to a place where you don't need alcohol to cope with hard things in your life. And that it is possible to live a life where you fully embrace every human emotion on the spectrum. 
This episode is really meant to provide you with an example of what's possible, but I always like to give you a little nugget or two of practical, actionable advice too. So let's do that. So I want to talk about what you can do to get started. Just a little tidbit so you can begin to dip your toe in the water of what it might be like to feel everything. Next time something comes up that your brain is telling you is difficult, and this doesn't have to mean catastrophic circumstances like a death in the family or a medical diagnosis, it could be something like an angry email from a client at work or a disagreement with your spouse. When something comes up and you feel the urge to drink start to come up in your body, I simply want you to pause for five minutes and ask yourself what the uncomfortable feeling is that you're wanting to solve for with the drink. Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it anger, irritation, betrayal, grief, boredom? I want you to start out just by simply identifying and naming it. And from there, you might still want to have the drink and that's okay. But I would also invite you to consider that it might be possible to sit with the feeling in your body just for a little while and see what happens. And I want you to come at this from a place of compassion and love for yourself. Nothing is wrong with you. You are not broken. You simply have a habit. And we're just going to get curious. We're going to do a science experiment of sorts and just observe and see what happens. What are your thoughts on this concept? What comes up for you when you think about feeling your feelings instead of drinking? I want to hear from you. I want you to head over to Instagram and find me at Michelle Kapler. I want to hear all your thoughts and questions. And if you're ready to take this work deeper and you want to have me as your coach, you're going to head over to michellekapler.com and book your free 60-minute consultation to learn more about doing this work together. I'll also put the link in the show notes so you can find it easily. That's it for me today. I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, you've got this, my friend.